Hi, welcome to the 78th episode of In The Between. This is Danny. And this is Nadia. And today we're going to be talking about a recent project that um, I presented as part of a stubborn bloom. And it was part of a creative residency that we did with the National Library Board of Singapore, where we looked at their archives and things in the Asian Film Archive um, and the Oral History Archives to kind of unearth narratives around 1990s teenhood in Singapore. So our presentation was called Elizabeth's Diary, Teenage Love and Life in 1990s Singapore. <laughs> Why Elizabeth? Um, it was just a name that we came up with um, that we thought suited. Maybe it was like a teen name that we might have heard quite often in, in the 90s. And of course, in the, in, as a young person, you probably would be called Liz or like, you know, do a, a cute graffiti looking font in your diary that says Liz's things. So it really came from that. And for the first um, for the first project we did on home economics, the the protect the imaginary protagonist was older, so we called her Lucy. It was like quite an old school name, <laughs> so that's where it came from. Yeah, I think it's nice to have these ideas of like a person behind it. Um, you know, so like as an entry point, it's not like this macro history. You immediately are drawn to the fact that it is a micro history. It can be quite whimsical. It can be very personal. So that was really nice. Um, I thoroughly enjoyed the presentation you gave okay. together with Stephanie. And, you know, it was so rich in um, visuals. Like we could see all the materials that you had drawn from the archive. And I thought that you were so familiar with everything that you were showing and you could just talk about you know how you encountered the material what your initial thoughts about them were and then I also enjoyed how you drew then threads across all the things that you picked out so could you tell us about you know that process a little bit yeah thank you Nadia I think that the um, I mean the process was over six months so we began Actually, when we first shared this research uh, with the National Library, like internally, they did mention that it was interesting how for a fictional project, we did look a lot at statistics and like government uh, pamphlets and, and things. And I think that really just shows how, you know, lived experiences are often reduced to um, this very factual uh, information in the archive, like it gets kept in that way. And it's really personal objects and like, you know, diaries or um, that give us an actual understanding of human, of the humans that lived at that time. So we looked a lot at these statistics and things to just kind of understand uh, what Singapore was like in the 90s. And of course, many people talk about how fast things change in a city. Uh, but at the same time, there's these big macro narratives that actually are still around and have not change so much. For example, um, arts education, arts and design education in the 90s was really like very foreign and not something that you would expect your kids to do or, or push your kids towards doing. Um, and then I think today as educators, we can see that it's it's changed, but it's, it's still like not like, oh, I'm going to be an artist or a designer when I grew up as, as a child. That's not still the primary things so that was very interesting to see and um and of course what i was most drawn to was the fashion material so 
magazines and I, I looked a lot at this magazine that is defunct now, which is called Go Magazine. Have you come across that before? Yeah, for sure. I mean, Go Magazine started um, after Fanfare, right? So there was a transition from Fanfare Magazine to Go. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it became like, I think, a lot more focused on fashion and not so much entertainment news when that switch happened. Yeah. Um, and in the, so one of the first, like we did this like genealogy of teenage protagonists in the 90s, like that were in, in books and plays and TV shows that there was a lot of teen protagonists in, in, in this uh, artistic products. And in the teenage textbook, actually, um, one of the plot points is that um, they, I think one of them wanted to be uh, a model in Go Magazine or, or was a model oh. in Go Magazine. So Go Magazine was actually mentioned there. And then they did the Agony Aunt column um, format for in, in the book. And that was, all, of course, present in all these teenage magazines. So, yeah. yeah. So um, the, the whole project also started because, as I mentioned in the beginning, um, the Y2K phenomenon or like aesthetic mm-hmm. has become very uh, prevalent in the past few years. And it, it's really interesting because if you think about it, it's like uh, to, to young teenagers, they, this just seems like a retro style. But to us, it was like a lift thing. And obviously, we didn't call it Y2K at that time. The last time I heard Y2K was like in the 90s and it was about, um, it was only in 1999 where we were thinking about the millennium bug and then the 2000s. Yeah. Well, I thought that it was very fun how both you and Stephanie were wearing the Y2K fashion because this was, um, this is for the creative fellowship and it's about uh, having a creative response to the um, archive materials. Actually, you know, that seems so forward thinking of National Library Board as yeah, well. Yeah, I love it. Like, well, there is the archive and like, you know, not just doing proper traditional um, historical research, but like, how do we understand it in a creative way? I thought that was so wonderful. And, you know, the two of you really took what you saw from the magazines and I think created something that feels very on the nose, like, you know, you're picking out themes that you are finding in the research, but also with a touch of humor, right? Yeah, I think I think there is this like earnestness in the 90s or like at least in the millennial generation um, in the way that we um, present aesthetics or communicate. Whereas now in con- like younger Gen Z people have a lot of like, uh, oh, what's it called? Like... Um, a bit of sarcasm or like you know like a, a bit like yeah and and then we were um, a lot more earnest and like I really remember the 90s as being like really goody goody new prints and like um quite uh pos- not positive but like uh yeah when you're a teen you don't necessarily realize like the what's going on like I had no idea we were in the middle of the Asian financial crisis you know as a young person <laughs> Yeah, so I think my internet connection was unstable for a while, um, but yeah, but I, I think, you know, um, this idea of how there is this sarcasm um, in the current like Gen Z kind of, I think the vibe is sort of like an ennui, like a little bit bored. Um, 
and it's it kind of comes through as well you know and how they engage with it but I I love how both you and Stephanie um, as a stubborn bloom you know was thinking about I think also filtering through your own experience of your teenagehood right yeah I think it was important to um for it to be uh, reinterpretation and fictional and we're not like doing um reenactment uh, that is meant to be exact exactly that another thing that i really liked and was quite intentional about was the costuming and um some of the costumes um most of the costumes were actually bought in um thrift shops in lucky plaza which is where our students shop or like young people shop um and there you can see very clearly this like excess of like y- Y2K fashion and like 90s and 2000s clothing. And then when we were teens, probably it was like a lot of like 80s clothes and that also contributed to that kind of style being very prevalent on the streets, those silhouettes and, and materials, you know. Yeah. Did you find that as you were, you know, doing this video that um, at some points it felt maybe that the the characters that you were embodying were almost reduced to caricatures or stereotypes of what you were researching or, or how did you feel about you know um, the characters that you created? Um, I think that um, the the film's not really um, like it doesn't really have a, a, a like lines or it's not really linear so there's three sections and we did borrow a lot from like teen movie tropes like you know the teenage bedroom writing in a diary heartbroken girl or like um from the music videos like it it referenced a lot um the, a tv series called spin the a teenage tv series um that format but um yeah, so again, it wasn't really a reenactment because we're not teenagers. We don't have that exact gesture. So th- there was a bit of that play and um, kind of like, uh, yeah, trying to re- recreate these this tropes, but as like adults. <laughs> yeah, I think one of the really fun things that you guys talked about was like how to expand on the research you've done, the methodology and what more that could be in the future and uh, mm-hmm. one of the things you brought up was like oral history interviews oh yes um and i think that would be fascinating to think about like the question about you know what is like your number one question that you will pose to your interviewees yeah i thought it was a very cool question because um, when we were looking at the oral history archives, um, th- there is not a lot after the 90s and there's definitely not a lot, as in like the people who get interviewed uh, already like older people and you don't really catch them at that formative stage of teenhood, you know, and maybe we could have caught like a young um I don't know, like a, a young uh, playwright or a young fashion designer before they became what they, they are. Um, mm. And I think one of my answers to your question on, on the spot also was that I would ask them 
more about things like um, geographies where they occupy, like where do you hang out, where do you buy things, because the city changes so much here, and Orchard Road changes so much, and things that were around in the 90s are no longer around, or they don't look like or feel like they used to um, mm. in the 90s. Yeah, I'm so excited about the, the film. When is it going to be ready and like shown? <laughs> um, I w- we would like to find um, a, a good place to premiere it. So maybe, if, um, I don't know uh, which film festival we'll try, um, but it's currently still like in bits and pieces. We have like two days full of footage that we need to edit up <laughs> and edit down. Mm-hmm. And I actually edited the trailer myself, so it's not like the best, best form that it could be at the moment. <laughs> yeah. But it already looks so promising. So, so excited to see it and um, good luck with the editing. And I think that's it for this episode. Uh, if you like what you listen to, please subscribe to um, us at In The Vitrine um, in uh, any podcast channel. And you can also follow us at Fashion & Market on Instagram. Thank you. Thank you.